Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, and review every horror movie on Netflix from A to Z. And we sometimes argue about them. Occasionally, we have a little argument. We're going to try to be polite to each other today. We always strive for that. I mean, this is this is meant to be a love fest. We want to love these movies. We want to love each other. We, we do our best. But back again, I'm Chris, here with Patrick. Hey, Chris. And Steven. Hey, Chris and Patrick. Hey, Steven. How are you guys? Doing great. I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing real good, actually. Um, I'm a little heartbroken, though. We have bad news for our fans, oh. for the every horror net movie on Netflix community. I don't it, even know what this bad news is yet. If you've you, been li- you have bad news for us, too. If you've been listening for a while, you know that our goal has been to watch... Every horror movie on Netflix, largely in alphabetical order, from hashtag horror, or, or Rec 4 was actually our first one with the square brackets, all the way to Zombies, and we just found out Zombies no longer on Netflix. Oh, That's sad. I, I really wasn't looking forward to that one, but it was nice to have a goal, the light at the end of the tunnel, and the rug has been pulled out from under us. I mean, this news is especially sad to me because it was on my list of Wheel of Death movies, and I know we're spinning the Wheel of Death later today. We wouldn't have allowed that. So we I wouldn't have to, allowed that. I had to pull it off the list. I mean, you wouldn't have had a choice. I would not have backed down on Zombies because it's a whole zoo that turns into zombies. Like, all the animals turn into zombies, and I was fascinated to see how that played out. I had very little doubt that it was going to be shitty, but I wanted to see it. Well, the last movie now is called yoga hosers i think oh god or something like that that a kevin smith yeah it's the sequel to tusk which is a shitty movie oh god yeah well it does i don't think it has anything to do with tusk though right is it just like no same there it is set in the same town and characters also carry over so i mean i guess it's a one might call it a spiritual sequel to the film in which justin long is turned into a gigantic human walrus it's part of the kevin smith cinematic universe yeah. Which actually, I guess, is a the thing, KMCU, right? Many yeah. of his movies kind of cross over like that. Oh, actually, now that I think about it... Are James I think, Helen Bob in it? No. <laughs> they probably have a cameo. No, the main piece of connective tissue, if I remember correctly, is actually Johnny Depp's like weirdo, like super um, sort of quirky, oddball detective character, sort of uh, Pink Panther-esque Johnny character. Depp well, he's a quirky oddball character. character. You're telling me Johnny Depp <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, plays I guess a quirky I didn't, oddball I didn't character. I that all together. <laughs> Um, but that character is apparently the connective tr- tissue in what was supposed to be a trilogy. I don't. Know, I don't know if the third film was ever actually made. Huh? Is Mordecai part of this universe as well? <laughs> it's basically. It might as well be Mordecai, okay. dude. Like this character might as well be Mordecai. That's actually pretty good uh, frame of reference there. Well, welcome back to every Johnny Depp movie on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time we get to the end of the alphabet in the year twenty forty. There will probably be something else there entirely, so I guess it's kind of a moot point. There might be a Zombies 12 by then. Who knows? But if you want to see, you know, some animals turn into zombies, this week we have Blood Glacier, which is basically everything I would expect to see in Zombies. Just not in a zoo. Just not in a zoo. I mean, it gave me everything I wanted to see out of a movie called Blood Glacier, and that there was, in fact, a glacier made of blood, so I'm satisfied. 
I, the glacier didn't do enough for me, really. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't what did even, you, what did you want that glacier to do to you, Steve? I don't know. I I kind of weirdly expected shit to like burst out of it for the glacier mm. to crack and there'd be some sort of giant, you know, monolithic monster inside. You wanted the shining elevator yeah. but made of ice. That's what I thought of. Oh yeah. The glacier should have melted. You wanted it to be porn. Well it was melting. That's the premise of the movie. It's melting, but I mean I wanted to see it like melt faster. I wanted to just see a torrent of blood. And they're escaping on like out. an inflatable raft. Yeah. And there's giant monsters chasing them and giant. Um, Michael Caine's riding a bee chasing after them. It's like <laughs> <laughs> there's like an aquatic. Uh, there's like a otter, a zombie otter in the blood. Crossbred with an ibex. Crossbred with an ibex. Crossbred with a human. Then you say crossbred with your mom. And you say you didn't want <laughs> to see zombies. You know she listens to the show. <laughs> what, Patrick? So then you said you didn't want to see zombies. You want to see Mombies. Oh, shit. That's um, not a bad title. <laughs> it's Mom-bees. probably there. But yeah, Blood Glacier uh, from Austria. So it's in German. Good to know. Yeah, depending on your viewing habits or your settings, you if you cue this movie up, and we'll tell you whether or not we think you should later, you might get the... The the original version with English subtitles, or you might get a dubbed version, which is what Patrick started with. Yeah, and thank God for you guys explaining to me how to change that, because I was like, wow, this is a really shitty dub of this movie. Why would they not just present it in the original native language? Uh, and there were some hilariously bad anglicized and then hilariously badly delivered lines. Um, at one point, there's a pun about body checks for Bodicek. Was that also in the like regular version? I, I don't Cause remember. Because I, I, I found out how to change it after that. I assume the subtitles are the same. But there was this really bad pun about like like a sexual innuendo about a character named Bodicek and someone mm-hmm. giving her a body check. And it was terribly delivered by the English dub actor. And thankfully, right after that, I think Stephen clued me into how to switch it over to German language English subtitles. Did you feel like you were watching Heavy Rain? <laughs> yes um yeah so if in case you're a netflix person uh it's good to know i mean you're obviously a netflix person if you're listening to this what am i what am i saying but uh it, good tip you know you can always go to your your audio visual settings on the movie and see the languages available and see the subtitles available so if anything's ever not right check around you might have some better options in there yeah like watching a different movie <laughs> Ooh, ooh, ooh. So yeah, Blood Glacier, uh, Austrian film. I'm going to try to avoid making comparisons to The Thing right off the bat. <laughs> but I mean, it's I mean, on why the don't poster we just get out for of the, the movie. Oh, what's on the poster? There's a review comparing it to The Thing. So. Uh, I'd see, I wouldn't, if I were the people making this movie, I'm not sure I would, I guess you're looking to differentiate yourself and get attention when you're making an indie horror movie, but I'm not sure I would welcome a comparison to The Thing. No, because it sets way too high of a bar for this level of production. Yeah. For one. Also, it really doesn't resemble the thing in any other way than the setting and the basic plot. It goes in a completely different direction. Yeah, so the setting is... The setting, I think, I think it does say where the setting is. It's but in the Alps somewhere. It's it's basically in the rocky, cold regions of snowy like northern or central Europe. The snowy mountains of central Europe. Snowy mountains, so well. frozen, there's a glacier <laughs> there. So I was thinking it could be like Norway, something like that, whatever. And global warming is real, turns out. 
and <laughs> so yeah just the the prologue like the opening title card to this movie says in 2014 the last skeptics fall silent the climate disaster is worse than ever imagined and this movie came out in 2013 so i like how <laughs> willing it was to just predict that climate change was going to be so inescapable the following year that everybody would the, the skeptics would fall silent i mean also that's a dystopian reality i want to live in the if, skeptics, if climate change skeptics have shut up the skeptics are going to fall silent when they all die like i don't <laughs> yeah. think there's ever going to be a point before then where they're like yes okay we were wrong global warming is real the yeah. water is going to be like coming into their radio studio and they're going to be like oh, you know could be the sun and then they're going to drown it's just funny because usually when you have a work of speculative fiction, it takes place at least a decade after it was actually created, right. you know, or 20, 30, 40 years. But this one is like next year, climate change skeptics are going to fall silent. How did they even know that the movie was going to like have an audience by then? <laughs> yeah, it's like really confident. It could have already been an outdated statement by the time the movie came out. I mean, it, OK, so I think it was officially released over here in 2014. Like it, it? I don't think yeah. it got much I of mean, a theatrical release. It played festivals, and the DVD came out in 2014. I know yeah. that. Maybe they there thought that this movie was going to silence the climate skeptics. Man, that's yeah. so ambitious. I kind of love it, actually, because that's kind of you know straw. that's kind of where what the movie aims to do. It's kind of a it's not preachy, but it's a little bit of a cautionary tale about what could happen if the glaciers melt. Yeah, and this movie basically the glaciers are harboring some kind of organism that turns critters into hybrid critters that want to fuck everything up they figure that out so absurdly quickly in this movie too there's like a one minute scene of exposition where a scientist explains what's happening she does not seem at all alarmed by the information that she's discovered and is delivering to the rest of the crew do you guys remember this? Yeah. yeah. It's like right after the dog gets bitten by the weird fox thing yeah which is the dog is like patient zero much like the thing yeah yeah um, I liked that scene though I guess I was just focused more on the because i just like the concept of there being this like weird alien virus hidden inside a blood glacier and basically the virus i'm going to explain this poorly the vi- what does the virus do so it come it recombines the dna of things it comes into contact with with the dna of the things that that thing eats right basically yeah it's i thought that the i didn't think the rules as we were actually seeing the biology of creatures play out necessarily adhere to the explanation mm, that they gave no. us mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter basically there's a microbe that's creating and incubating these hybrid critters i like that concept sure it's a decent concept but i mean it's just delivered so flatly and it's just an excuse for us to see fucked up puppets destroying people later in the movie like, but there's that's no, fine there's no other I was, I was that's fine that. for a b movie yeah great. yeah although this also aspires to be more than a b movie I feel like like there's some effort given to character and performance and God, actually too much I would argue really I got I, I got really bogged down in the character shit I thought the 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 romance between Yannick and his ex was um just kind of unbelievable to start with but also just really sort of tedious how unbelievable I mean, look at the guy. <laughs> well, the, I was be, wondering if that was your argument. To be fair, yeah, because his ex Tanya is like you know a supermodel, bombshell, and uh, also seems to be like twelve years younger than the lead guy, who's like a mountain guy, and he's got a grizzly gray beard. He's I mean, balding. that's that's the story of cinema in general, yeah. though. Like, I enjoyed the, I'm the writing and performance. Well, yeah, certainly. 
I enjoyed the writing and the performance of that relationship. We'll, we'll talk I was about where it. it goes. I mean, I think the way it, it's tied up in the end is just patently absurd. <laughs> but I want a little PSA. Guys, when you start to lose your hair, shave your head. Well, <laughs> if, right. you start, if you look in the mirror and you think even for a second, I look a little bit like Yannick in Blood Glacier, shave it. You're going to look great. You're going to feel 12 years younger. I don't even remember what he looks like. Let, now. It's been a few let days. Let me defend him. Or you could just wear a little knit cap at all times. He looks great in the cap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cap's a good look. But I'll, no, I'll defend that because Yannick... All right, so we didn't really explain the characters. It has a small cast of characters, especially compared to... The, again, I'm going to compare it to The Thing. Yeah, no, I thought this too, though. It's it has like a four or five people. Very tight cast. It starts off with three scientists who are working at a climate station, plus Yannick, who's the guy we're talking about, who's kind of like the caretaker, technician, maintenance guy of the compound, who just drinks all the time, Yeah, whatever. it's a real louse. Now, he has... <laughs> He's apparently got some demons from this breakup with Tanya, who later comes back to the station. And so for me, that kind of explains. And there's a conversation where they're like, hey, aren't you here like four years past when you should have left? And he's like, yeah, but fuck it. And so he's kind of like doesn't give a fuck anymore. So if yeah. he's not grooming himself. Oh, no, no, it's it's totally appropriate. And I shouldn't really rag on Yannick. He was probably much, hot but- before Tanya left. And then he just let himself go. He let yeah. himself go. I mean, the first time we see him, he's like lying on the floor drunk. Yeah. When an alarm or something goes off right. and he has to go do something. It's not his fault that he's 12 years older than her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the cast. And it's a, it's also, I think I'm going to keep comparing it to the thing. So let's just get used to that. We're going to be comparing I mean, this it's to the thing. fair. I mean, it's basically, there are a lot of similarities. I mean, I it's think clearly it an influence. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Another thing, though, I thought it did better than the thing is I like that the situation, the, the location was more relatable than whatever the place is in the thing. Like It does look was, like somewhere that we could go hiking, like not too far from here. Right. Not too far from here. And also like a civilian like research station where people are coming and going and working on projects and like, you know, whatever. Whereas I don't even know where they were in the Antarctica or what they were supposed to be doing there. Yeah. And I also like that the the force that invades on this place isn't an alien like it is in the thing but it's like something natural that's just been buried in the ice and is thawed because of global warming so Mm -hmm. points for that yeah sure it's a lot more grounded than the thing we'll give it that or it attempts to be anyway yeah i was down with all that so yannick i mean the fact that he's you know a booze hound and that he's sort of emotionally distraught over this breakup and has spent too much time at this place because he's just sort of thrown his life away like that's a really convenient way for him to be an interesting protagonist at least because nobody trusts him Mm -hmm. you know he sees some fucked up shit and nobody believes him and like we understand why nobody would believe him because he's totally unreliable i had him pegged in the from the first scene i was like oh this guy's obviously like gonna die you know he's gonna be the first guy to die he just seems so bumbling and and unsympathetic but he turns out to be the goddamn hero kind of He's the the Ripley of this movie. (laughs) It helps that all the other scientists are assholes, pretty much. Agree? Yeah, totally. I mean, they all kind of blend together. I don't think the characterization was as strong as it should be for how much dialogue there is in this movie. But yeah, they're all jerks. They're all in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there aren't a lot of very distinct characters other than Yannick, Tanya, and Bodachek. They're not distinct. We should mention, though, that what really heightens the struggle at this 
compound is that the a minister of what was minister she of what i don't know i don't know if it the was minister, ever specified death cab for cutie minister <laughs> of what <laughs> <laughs> the minister is coming to visit and she's hiking to this remote location with yonix x so they they discover this unsettling presence near the blood glacier and they don't want to get their they don't want to lose their funding I think is yeah. really what what what's going on here. So they're trying to cover up the fact that there's something insidious going on that might wipe them all out. And they don't really know the extent of it at first because it starts off like anything else. They you know they see some creepy stuff. They find well they see this thing on the microscope and they're like wow this is big. But they mm-hmm. don't really understand that it's dangerous until it's too late. In the meantime, they have you know their dog's been bitten by something. They assume it was a rabid fox. You know they're seeing some spooky stuff, but it's it's nothing that causes them to cancel the photo op right away. They want this, you know, politician to come in and really they're just there for a photo op. And the the minister was the woman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz it was a little unclear because you have It very much was. You yeah. have the minister who's like I guess an Angela Merkel type. <laughs> um <laughs> and then you have like I guess her husband who is uh he's also an archetype, but I can't How how would you explain the the husband? I don't even remember. I just knew he was I there. I don't know who who else did you guys think was the minister? That was not. I didn't know if the guy was the minister. Oh, her husband, I guess, or, or someone. It's another old guy who's like kind of a man. He's like, oh, I grew up in these mountains. When he's you know walks around, he's kind of that guy. He wears the big hat and he has the big beard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they have a little entourage of useless characters. You know, a couple like assistants Security and like, like a secret service badass. Let's talk about the most important character in this movie, though, Tinny. The dog. Oh, yeah. Tinny the dog. Tinnitus Beautiful the dog. dog. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. Her name was Tinnitus. That's yeah. her full name. But everybody called her Tinny. And anytime, which was multiple times, something awful almost or did happen to her. I was like, not Tinny. Yeah. Tinny. And you knew you knew Tinny. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Tinny in the spoiler room. But when you see a dog in this type of movie. You know they're not going to laugh. You know it's <laughs> bad things are going to happen to the dog. I wish Tinny had been the last girl of this movie or the final girl. Oh, well, yes. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe she was. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. But I did like, you know, the characters weren't super distinct, but I could keep track of them all. And I kind of, you know. Unlike the thing, or unlike Alien, I could tell them apart. Yeah, you had that problem really? with the thing and Alien. Yes, wow. I mean, I mean, and the, each movie has like a couple people that you can keep track of, and then a lot of people who like act the same way, and they're all introduced at the same time, and I can't really keep track of who they are individually. Yeah, I mean, both movies just kind of have a couple of extra bodies to get killed off. Right. I think, I don't know, I think every character in Alien is pretty distinct. Like, I understand the hierarchy yeah. of that crew pretty well. Yeah. I think it's almost impossible to figure out at first watch. But. Well, that's also part of the point, at least for for the the surprise of the narrative of who who's going to die and who's going to make it. Like, they, they, are inten- they intentionally blend together a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. We can talk about aliens some other time. Well, it was it was nice to be able to keep these characters straight. Any movie where lots of people are dying and you have this many people, it's nice that you can look at someone and remember who they are and who they're with and why they're on the station at least. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a problem with that during this movie. So points for that. Hmm. I'm just giving points to this movie. How many points does it have right now? About thirty. Wow. Yeah. And what does that mean? Thirty out of what? It means if it gets twenty more. It can get a gumball from the display case. <laughs> <laughs> or from the little basket on the counter. Yeah, the little basket. 
with a rabbit. Can we talk about something really important in this movie? I'm going to make a really awkward segue, which is actually going to be a really appropriate segue because it's going to fit into the discussion about as well as the opening titles fit into this movie. Oh, yeah. The opening titles are fucking insane. Yeah, they're insane. And completely incongruous to the rest of the movie. It's just super over the top. A fox literally like kind of snaps at its kit. There's a <laughs> shot of a fox like snapping at its baby fox. And there's a sound effect associated with, with it that's like a scream. The fox screams as it does this. It's ridiculous. When the title pops up, there's like a Wilhelm scream. It's absurd. We should <laughs> play one of these been, sound effects. I wish you had been the Wilhelm scream. It's so close to it. It's so close. It's like <laughs> a Wilhelm scream it? outtake. Let's hear it. Yeah. Chilling. <laughs> it doesn't match the tone of the film at all. I mean, this is not a jump scare movie. No, the it's it's hilarious. Uh, it, it, it wants to be a jump scare movie a couple of times. Yeah, I would but, say for the most part, no, it no it's not a jump enough. scare movie. It's a slow burn kind of movie until the last act. And slow burn is right. Slow burn is right. I it watched... moves at a glacier's pace. Oh, oh. <laughs> ooh, sick. <laughs> uh. This is uh, this is the first time I think I've watched one. Oh, I think I did this for Bohuthnath too. Bootnath. Sorry, Bootnath. This is I think the first time I've watched a movie for this show in two settings. Oh, only two. It kind of started to put me to sleep last night. I had that problem twice. I watched it in three segments. Mm-hmm. Which is actually not that bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's pretty me. good for you. And I appreciate the first half of this movie, but it's slow. It's slow and not that interesting. They're spending a lot of time building up characters before the batshit stuff happens. And I was interested enough. I mean, because I was into the characters. Again, decent performances. Like, I was feeling it. And also, there was enough weird shit going on. Like, there's a fucking beetle fox hybrid that's like that turns into a face hugger yeah it was yeah. it's fucking nuts yeah it's true there is a lot of interesting stuff and it's mostly practical effects i really enjoyed the the creature effects in this and the fact that they were old-fashioned hand-built creatures for the most part i dare say i might think the creatures in this movie are better than the creatures in the thing no oh, shit. <laughs> he's going there no Okay, there are a couple cool creature moments. There are also some that are... I mean, we're going into this knowing it's a B-movie. And there's some that are just, like, so absurd that the camera barely focuses on them so you can't see, like, the puppeteer or the strings. Like, the the Ibex toward the end, like, you see, like, just barely glimpses of it but it's clearly just a puppet that has very little animation Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And it's cool that they chose to make this movie that way instead of using CG, but... I don't know. They're imaginative, but I still get. Cre- I just watched the thing again like two months ago, and I still get creeped out by like the head with the spider legs and mm. the thing in the dog kennel. Ugh. I, I like to rewatch so the thing. Better. Gives but me chills every time. I did think the creatures in this movie, Blood Glacier, looked very good, and it was frustrating because when the shit's going down, everything's happening very fast and it's edited very frenetically, and it's hard to keep track of what's going on. Maybe yeah. because they were trying to disguise the low quality of the puppets. But, you know, there's other parts where you get kind of a long look at the puppets, you know, when they're not moving, when they're dead, whatever. And they all look great. They all look amazing. So I'm like, well, they look like a real they look like they're actually a believable creature. They look like a believable creature, like the the head on the spider legs and the thing is creepy. But I'm like, that doesn't look real to me. 
Hmm. You know, this this stuff looks like, yeah, that's a real animal. That's scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see this a movie like this done with more distinct characters and a slightly bigger budget, but still using practical effects. Yeah. It's an example of a movie where um, I would like to see the director's next movie, you know? More distinct characters? Yeah. I mean, most of the crew is like fairly, was to me they were fairly indistinguishable from each other. I didn't yeah. feel like there was a, I didn't feel like there was enough like realistic drama. I mean, just the whole, the premise of, Oh, the minister's coming. We've got to keep everything tidy is just such a, I don't know. Like the, the stakes are so low there. It's like, <laughs> why don't we just kill these things and lose the photo op? Yeah. Maybe lose our jobs because who cares? The world is ending anyway, because this thing has been unleashed <laughs> from the blood glacier. Um, like I just think on a narrative level, it doesn't work and on a character level. Yeah, there's some like interesting opportunities for drama, but I really wasn't invested in Yannick and his ex. That's the kind of story that I normally really relate to. I agree. I wasn't feeling it. I yeah. agree. I mean, I I was feeling it more than I was feeling pretty much anything else in the movie, but not I mean, as much as that kind of storyline would hit me usually. I mean, if we're going to do thing comparisons, I'm way more invested in Yannick and Tanya than I am in anybody in the thing. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fair, but I, I'm judging this movie on its own merits. <laughs> no, Stephen, we're judging this movie solely in comparison to John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> Is this movie better than The Thing? No. <laughs> on the whole, I mean, that's probably. a joke. There's yeah. no reason to specifically compare it to that one movie. No, it's interesting, too, in trying to like explain the movie and set it up for those who haven't seen it, but... Yeah, I think they're two totally different things. I think we're just things. comparing it because the concepts are, are so similar and the thing is generally pretty beloved. So it's fair to say, well, is it better in certain ways? Is it worse in certain you know, ways? One way it's better is that this movie is actually like socially, politically, ecologically conscious. The thing right. is just, I mean, the original story, the... Um, um, who goes there yeah there's a lot of politics in it right it's like a and communist a of, allegory exactly right? yeah yeah it's like it's about mccarthyism and and i think the howard hawks movie like kind of got that too i haven't seen it in a while so i can't vouch for it carpenter's movie is really just interested in the effects in the setting and that's fine it's a the, good like mood piece the paranoia element's still there but it's not politicized exactly exactly and this movie actually is kind of socially and politically conscious. It, it does have a message. I don't think it delivers it particularly well, but I give him points. I yeah. don't know how many points I'm up to now, maybe like <laughs> 10. Uh, I give him points for trying that. Yeah, and it's refreshing, especially watching when we're watching every horror movie on Netflix, to see that. Because we yeah. watch a lot of movies that, you, whether whether or not they're technically proficient don't seem to have anything, in, they don't have any themes, or they're not interested in anything besides how someone dying in this scene. It's a movie that uses the genre for good. It uses the genre for good. Kind of like Before I Wake. Sure. (laughs) I mean, kind of. Kind of. Sure. I want to go on a brief tangent here. You know, we talked about this quite a while ago. Mike Flanagan was directing a 10-part Haunting of Hill House series for Netflix. I've heard nothing about this at all. They're, they're still right in the epilogues. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dank. Yeah, I was really looking forward to reviewing that this Halloween. Every episode is going to be 40 minutes with a 20-minute epilogue. <laughs> you might be right about that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway. Yeah, but I mean, Netflix always does their publicity super late. Like, they always announce shit, like, really close to the release date. I just can't believe there haven't even been, like, set reports or anything on all the horror yeah. sites I read. Yeah. Who's going to be in it? 
Carlo Gugino is the only name I recognize, mm. but I know it features people who've been in his other movies in minor roles, mm. from I can tell. And the, you can only find the episode listing if you look up the guys who did the soundtrack for it. Mm. And on their page, it lists the titles of all the episodes. Because for a minute, I thought, man, maybe it didn't work and they scrapped it. Because Netflix can afford to do that. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like they at least finished the thing. Mm. And, well, we'll know. see. I'm looking forward to it. I was thinking about Mike Flanagan. I was thinking about Before I Wake. I was thinking about, you know, God damn it, he makes movies that try. He really, really, he seems like a sweet guy with a good heart. He tries. I want him to make a great film. He and will. I don't think Dr. Sleep is going to be. <laughs> no, he'll, he's going to make a masterpiece someday. I mean, as I a filmmaker, it. he's still pretty young. I mean, he's in his, he's almost 40, I think, or maybe he's in his early 40s, but he's only been making movies for like half a decade. He's got a lot of time for like something traumatic to happen to him, and then his next film will be great. <laughs> I mean, he's made what three features? Uh, so there's Oculus. Oh, Oculus! I Before I wake, one. Ouija: Origin of Evil. Origin of Evil. Gerald's Game. Yeah. Gerald's Game. He made one. Hush. Hush. Oh, he did Hush. Yep. Oh, I can't wait to see that again. I don't remember anything bad about that movie. Maybe that is his masterpiece. I remember having some problems with it, but still being really impressed with. The direction yeah, yeah. and just the basic premise. That's the kind of movie that is, could have easily been one of these piece of shit Netflix movies. Yeah. But he's just a genius in that it was pretty damn good. Yeah. Like the, the concept. Isn't his is wife so the star simple. of that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll the get look to- on Chris's face. So we'll have to talk off cast about that, I think. Well, we'll get to Hush in 2021. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> I, is it still on Netflix? Because I thought I, yep. I thought a couple of Netflix originals were missing when I looked at the... Well, is, is 1922 still on there? I didn't notice it, but I'm sure it is. I didn't either. You're right, I didn't notice it. I did notice 1920. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But speaking of directors we follow, I forget the guy who directed Blood Glacier. He did uh, a segment. He did a ABC's segment in ABC's of Death too. Roulette, the roulette one. Yeah, which I was one of my favorites. I liked it a yeah. lot. What's this? Nineteen twenty-two. Oh, nineteen twenty-two confirmed. Still on Netflix in nineteen twenty-two. I killed my wife. That's the trailer. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Not to be confused with the fugitive, where the trailer is, I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. You had Harrison's. Uh, Growl had, down I, I there pretty to, well. Yeah. You, you, got, to, you got a point when yeah. you're doing Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Harrison point is underrated. He doesn't do it so much anymore. He, he does. He used old. to do it all the time. Now it's more like a wag. Yeah. Like he's just kind of. Yeah. Like give me, my, give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give me my money. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. What else? Blood Glacier. So yeah, the director he made Roulette. I don't think he's made anything since Blood Glacier. He's done some television work. Oh. But who gives a fuck about television work? This isn't every TV show on Netflix. We're gonna have to review some eventually because Netflix has put out some good horror shit. Well, like see. serialized. Um. What else is there to say about Blood Glacier? I don't think there's much we can say without spoilers at this point, actually, because things get pretty crazy at a certain point in the film. Things get pretty crazy. Can oh, we you talk know what? about I've the beetle bird? Can we talk about the bird? Can we talk about the bird? Yeah, so at one point, the, the minister and her entourage are, are traveling through the mountains on their hike to this outpost, and a fucking girl in, like, Daisy Dukes in a, you know, belly shirt just runs out of nowhere. Yeah, that was really weird. That was like, I feel like something help. ended up on the cutting room floor with that. 
like... I mean, everybody's wearing... You know, it seems to be pretty cold. You know, I mean, there are fucking glaciers around. And this, you know, the minister and her team are, like, pretty well outfitted for an adventure. And this girl looks like she's out for a romp at, you know, whatever the campground is from Friday the 13th. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like something that would have been avalanche sharks. Yeah, it, it, it was a really jarring transition when it first happened because it also cuts from, I think, a pretty... A quiet moment back at the base to this girl screaming like really insistent music running and it, it, it is supposed to be a jarring transition i think it's supposed to shock you but it still seems like just that character especially for the like realistic reasons you just outlined comes from just a completely different movie it's really weird but she's being chased by the shittiest creation in the whole world in the whole movie the, the whole world terrifying actually it might creation. be the shittiest creation in the whole world too oh did you like this one I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? It wasn't any worse than the rest of them. <laughs> oh, it was so much worse. Every time it flew over, and this is here is some CG in this movie, other than the blood glacier itself. But every time it flew over, it looked like birdemic level bad. Just this like shitty silhouette, kind of like swooping back and forth. And then when it actually gets to them, because they can't actually afford showing a puppet like flying in, it's just an extreme close up of like sort of some talons gripping their face, and then a like uh, fucking horn because it has a horn it has like a xenomorph tail yeah a tail i don't know protruding through their chest like it like it mated with a scorpion or something oh man i thought that shit was laughably bad i I mean it was it was campy but it seemed deliberately campy and that's kind of what frustrates me about this movie because there's a level of like deliberate goofiness there's some self-awareness in there in places right but it doesn't commit to that and there's that whole first hour that's like very dry and there's none of it and then when it shows these creatures it's like kind of goofy hmm like the ibex is kind of goofy oh yeah totally that was like evil dead 2 level you guys if you haven't have you ever seen the interview with an ibex no oh my god (laughs) what there's a it's a it's like a a a reporter who's speaking Spanish and he's asking political questions of an Ibex who's like in a corral. And I'll put the audio in. He he asks the questions and then he has, puts the microphone to the Ibex and the Ibex like snorts and like spits on him like every time <laughs> and, and like screams every time. It's hilarious. <laughs> That sounds kind of adorable. It's. It, I think they cast him in this movie because they saw him on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. So, but do you guys think the Ibex is silly because it doesn't look great, or because yeah, of the way that is staged? The way it's staged, mostly. I so think you, it all looks great. I mean, it's just it's it's cut very weird. Okay, so you guys are great. two of two different minds on this, then. Yeah, sure. But you both think the overall result is silliness. There's silliness in this movie for sure. It reminds me of an Evil Dead Two when the arms of the tree come in the window, you know, because we mostly see the ibex like in a doorway. It's clear <laughs> there's a guy behind him, like operating him. His face barely moves. It doesn't have any sort of articulation. It looks ridiculous. I haven't seen a beast that large struggling in a doorway since Dolph Lundgren and Don't Kill It. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was pretty good. Well, but I mean, that's just the limitations of what they were working with. I thought that, I mean, actually, it sort of reminds me of Before I Wake and like how effective the bear shit is in places where they just had like an unarticulated bear head to poke into a tent, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it sort of reminded me of that. It's certainly not as, like, terrifying as that shit. I mean, you can't or, no, tell what, me. What did I just not say? I said before I wake. I, wake. I was like, sorry. wait, did yeah, I no. see that movie? I'm in, I'm in Back, <laughs> back Country. <laughs> yeah, the other B one. We've only watched, like, 17,000 B movies. Yeah. 
I mean, B, B, B movies, movies and, <laughs> and also movies that start with the letter B. But I thought that scene was great. I didn't find it silly at all. The bird scene was fucking stupid. And that one just felt out of place to me. But I didn't really sense a, like a, too much of a sense of humor or a silliness about so this movie. The bird so ridiculous. And the way they messed with them, I don't know. And, and you know, I think this movie is too competent to shoot that Ibex scene like they did and was, not be going so, for like any sort of tongue in cheekness. It was so slapdash and lazy. Because like. you make a really good point with backcountry. Backcountry, they had like a taxidermied bear head, yeah. and they were able to make it fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. And this movie had way better props, and it's laughable. And the rest of the movie is is skillfully made enough that I don't believe that they just shit the bed and like accidentally made this laugh laughable when they were going for like true terror. Oh, I didn't. Uh, that scene was not bad to me at all. Yeah. And it was evil dad esque, especially, you know, when she gets the power drill out and oh starts my drilling God. into the eye. Oh, head. yeah. I, I put in my notes. I was like best use of a power tool since rec four. Do you guys remember when they oh, were like yeah. chopping oh, up yeah. zombies with an outboard yeah, motor? Outboard motor. Yeah. Could never yeah. forget that. Loved that. Who could forget? I mean, it's a huge ass drill she uses in, yeah, it's, in it's this a, movie. It's the kind of drill you use for taking core samples of the ice. Which oh, yeah, that's right. Originally. That's right. Yeah. So who knew the minister was a badass? Who knew the minister's the most competent person in the movie? Right. They're oh, worried about yeah. having to clean up the mess for her. And like, I mean, she takes yeah. the trash out. Just like monsters. Where are the fucking monsters? Let me at them. Get some pictures of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down multiple times. Bodacek is a badass. Yeah. Bodacek is a goddamn badass. I guess we're kind of getting spoiler territory uh, there, though. I mean, we? no, I, I don't think there's much I mean, more really we can say details. without going to the spoiler room, though. So we might as well, uh, you know, get down there. Uh, but we gotta review it first. Oh man! One final observation: I realized in this movie, the word "idiot" is the same in German. Good to know. You just pronounce it in kind of like a. It's like idiot. I forget exactly idiot. how they said it, but I mean, it's same spelling, same word, idiot. The universal word, the universal language. I keep coming back to this. This If you're an idiot, you're an idiot in every culture. This podcast is a journey through cinema, but it's also sometimes a cultural journey. We learn we learn things. We're like Anthony Bourdain. (laughs) (laughs) Going into parts unknown. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyway. Steven. Oh, we're starting with me. We're starting with you, baby. Would you cue it, view it, or screw it? (laughs) Baby. Um I would I would cue it. Actually, I, I I'm with you. I want to see what this director does next. I feel like there's a lot of shit in this movie that maybe was out of his control. It's a bit of a mess, but it's like Mike Flanagan. I feel like he's really trying for something. There's a social message here in addition to the horror. I'm not gonna, you know, rag on him for cheap practical effects because I like to see practical effects and it's hard to pull that off the low budget. Uh don't expect the thing, but you know, throw it in your queue. If you get bored, you run out. I've noticed today the selection is kind of drying up on Netflix. If you want to cool down on a hot August afternoon, <laughs> throw on Blood Glacier. <laughs> Chris? I went back and forth on this today. It was really hard for me to figure out if this was a cue it or a view it, but I'm going to land on cue it just because all the other movies I've given a view it, I want to leave and like rec- there's someone who I'm like I got to recommend this movie to somebody. And this movie, I don't think I would recommend it to anybody. But if you're, you know, at home, you've had a couple beers, with, you're with your friends, it's late and you want to <laughs> put on something weird and kind of spooky and have some spooks and have some laughs. It's a great movie. Uh for that. They do a lot of things well. It's just it's it's not fun enough. And 
there's not enough of a reason to watch this over the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. You'd probably be better served rewatching the thing than watching this movie. Or if you want to see a remake of the thing, watch the hateful eight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hot take. <laughs> so cue it for me. We'll have a mini sode on that. Yeah. Hot take. Patrick. I actually, I think I was originally in view it territory. And then as we've had this discussion and I've heard some less favorable opinions on the movie, I started to stray into Hewitt territory and I was, I'm sorry we brought you down. That was not my intention. I was torn as you guys have been giving your ratings about whether to give it a high Hewitt or a low view it. But as I thought about it and I thought, I think I might regret it later on if I look back. Cause late, lately we've been looking at the list and kind of thinking about our old ratings and whether they still make sense, whether we'd give them those ratings again or not. And I feel like I checked in with myself six months down the road from now, and I was like, I'm going to regret it if I don't give Blood Glacier a view it. I actually understand what you're saying. I think that's a good case. I mean, I think it's, I don't know where you are, Steve, but I certainly am like right on the edge of cue it or view it. And yeah. I might very well regret it in the future. Oh, I'm on the edge of cue it or screw it. Okay. Yeah. The low end. But, you know, if you're listening to this, I think you know what to expect. I, by now. I had a great time with this movie. I mean, it definitely has flaws, but it gave me crazy creatures, some scares, an interesting premise, some characters I actually gave a fuck about, and a pretty fucking bizarre ending that I'm looking forward to talking with you gentlemen about yeah. down oh, yeah. in the spoiler room. There's a lot there in this movie to like, and if you're someone who appreciates a creature feature more than your average horror fan, more than we do... Definitely check this one out. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can say this movie kept me entertained three nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll get on down to the spoiler room and see explain. See if fixed the AC down there yet. Yeah. See if it's, uh, or if it's thawing out down there. Does that make sense? Not really, but almost. <laughs> um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you down there. If you want to check out the Blood Glacier on your own, you can go... Uh, Go check it out. Otherwise, follow us down these steps. We're going to the spoiler room right after this. Welcome back to Every Horror Movie on Netflix. We're down here again in the spoiler room, ready to spoil Blood Glacier. Blood Glacier. How do you guys feel about the temperature down here today? That's always my first concern. I think we're experiencing some global warming, and it's affecting the spoiler room. I think Greg is slacking. Like, he still has not fixed the AC down here. I'm a little pissed about it. So you attribute it to a man-made cause, <laughs> but you think it's local effect. You think I think it's-, it's both. I think Greg needs to adjust it to... Um, to suit our our new needs now that global warming is a reality. Well, guys, that's okay because in 2019, the skeptics fall silent. Climate change so. is universally accepted. I would like to be able to say something on to our listeners, like if you're concerned about climate change, here's what you can do. But there's nothing we can do. We're all fucked. We're all gonna die. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all gonna die regardless. But stop using straws <laughs> and stop having kids because. <laughs> They're definitely going to die <laughs> from climate change. Yeah, and they're, I mean, that's probably the biggest carbon neutral thing you can do is not have more humans. Yeah. I literally decided as a teenager that I would never bring a new child into this world because of global warming. 
Like, I just remember thinking in like 2001 or two, like, fuck, like, I'll be lucky if I live for another 40 years. I'm not going to bring a kid into this mess. You were a smart teen. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know what happened. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to downplay the, the risks that we face as a society with everything, but something that gives me a small bit of, of comfort, a quantum of solace, if you will, is when I was in college, I had a science fiction and fantasy literature professor, and he, going back to the 1960s, had like interviewed all of his classes at the end of the term about their outlook on the world and and one of his takeaways was that like every generation of students he's ever had was absolutely convinced that like the world was going to end in like their generation or the next generation well it's like that wilco song every generation thinks thinks it's it's the last thinks it's the end of the world yeah so well folks we don't just spoil the movies in the spoiler room anymore we also spoil the mood and (laughs) we spoil the the human Timeline. We're, we're going to tell you how that ends too. I will say this movie. I re- I, <laughs> let's talk about the heat death of the universe, guys. <laughs> um, I will say I read one review of this movie on the Dissolve. Actually, it dearly departed the Dissolve. Uh, there's a review from Mike D'Angelo that's still up there on you know what I think was one of the best film websites ever that got shut down. That said, this movie is intended to make you angry and sad about global warming. I didn't feel either of those emotions. No. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like the the global perspective of this movie really tied into the narrative. In no. That was meaningful. It's there as a it's there to incite the action in kind of an X Files way. Like yeah. you know, this is the science hook that we're gonna hang our thing on. It doesn't really work. And I'm you know I don't It's not like a message movie. I didn't it's not a message more, it's not a political movie. But I thought that review was just like so far off base. And I would have liked yeah. this movie more if it did leave me feeling some kind of pang of you know grief or something at the end any pang that it gave me in terms of the global warming angle was just because i'm already sold on global warming being a disaster that may very well be past the point of no return i felt pangs but it was on a very like smaller character level it definitely had nothing to do with global warming oh yeah there are some good moments uh, on a character level which i guess we should talk about because now we're spoiling everything oh yeah let's get into it um First, can we talk about something we didn't talk about before the break, which is how gross the fucking surgery scene is when Bodachek yep. like cuts the that's a great scene leg open. Great scene. Like talk about doing something pretty visceral and horrifying with uh, minimal budget and effects. Like that is a gross. I mean, I was flinching like a motherfucker through that whole scene. I mean, what's the setup for that? I don't know. The thing has infected the girl's there's leg. The, and there's a girl and she's been out. she's been like bitten by this flying bird thing, right? And they take her in and she's all fucked up and she's like going into a coma in their station. And they notice she's got like, you know, something incubating in her thigh. Yeah. Or maybe her thigh. A part of her leg, we'll say. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to cut it out of there and burn it. And I'm like, finally, someone's speaking my language because (laughs) I've been like, burn this shit. Like as soon as the dog got bit, I was like, put that dog to sleep and burn it. Sorry, I, I'm not a dog person. <laughs> um, so they finally get to work on this this girl, and you know they cut it open. They pull out the little like pupa of whatever Ugh. the fuck it is squirming around, Ugh. and they you know very gingerly. And I'm bracing for the jump scare, right? Like I'm like, oh god, this thing's gonna come to life. Very oh, tense. They throw it in the fucking. They just fire. throw it in the furnace, and it like screams a little, and they close the door. And I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. They didn't really. I don't know. That was just kind of a gross scene that didn't need to be there, but it was fun. Oh yeah, Ugh, fun stuff. 
gross visceral another but anyways we can get to real spoilers now I well just, yeah i mean no i think that's what we should do just kind of talk about the scenes that affected us or mm-hmm. that we thought were well done um i like the part where the two scientists go out to the remote station for some reason why did they do that to hide the the little the, the little wood louse fox hybrid yeah. oh yeah because <laughs> they have a little dead monster that they're gonna try to hide for the from the minister and they go out there and it kind of becomes a face hugger and oh right 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 you know, okay yeah no, yeah. yeah um and but that leads to some good conflict between the scientists the one scientist kind of beats the woodlose fox to death and oh it's a little ambiguous whether or not he or the woodlouse fox uh, kill the other woman oh, it was not ambiguous to me <laughs> you he thought did he that killed very her poorly. yeah because he takes a giant fucking rock and tries to beat the woodlouse fox with it and i mean just brings it i mean he says he's going to do it carefully like to try and separate it from her face but he just brings it down right on the woodlouse fox slash her face like there's no way you can bring a rock right. down with that force on something even if there's you know whatever a seashell on top of somebody's face and you bring like a big fucking rock down on them you're going to give them serious brain damage and make their face look like this woman's face does after that and he doesn't fess up to it afterwards he makes no. up a story about how she ran off whatever when he comes back that turns was a out, brutal scene too yeah turns out she had a satellite phone on her body that they need to like call oh, the right. evacuation chopper so eventually our heroes what's the guy's name Yannick yeah mm-hmm. Yannick and Tanya and uh, the the scientist who was the bludgeoner we'll call him uh, <laughs> they go off to find her you know find her body and then that guy you know gets a gun and there's a little bit of a double cross situation some good tension he gets eviscerated by a monster in a cave it's all good stuff that's all great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I I would have liked this so much better if it was if like like Yorgos Lanthimos directed this or God, I don't know any number of other directors. If this was handled more as like a comedy of manners, but that was like fucking horrifying. Like if you saw things more in sort of like a long, like wide shot instead of the camera just being up in everything, because it oh, yeah. it is like kind of funny and kind of horrifying that they're trying to clean up this mess for the minister. And I would like it better if it wasn't shot like a traditional sort of like horror slasher movie. But if you were just watching these people behave and try and clean up this like fucking horrifying mess, <laughs> I like that angle so much better for this film since it, you know, aspires to something greater, but really doesn't land on it. Right. I'd be more interested in studying the human behavior for, through a wider lens than what we actually end up getting. I want to make that movie. I'll give you a thousand dollars. Okay, <laughs> great. That's a good start. Uh, Go fund me. Well, can we talk about the human drama that does come up? Because I think it's pretty effective. Oh, yeah. I cried my ass off. Is fucking, we find out that Tanya aborted Yannick's baby. <laughs> yeah, she did. Some Jerry Springer-ass shit up in this motherfucker, yeah. folks. It was like the Godfather 2. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I want to I take a break and just watch that scene from the Godfather 2 right now. <laughs> what a scene. I'm watching it in my head right now. Oh, okay. We'll check back with you in a couple minutes. <laughs> Steve, what do you want to talk about while Chris is watching The Godfather Part 2 in his head? I just want to talk about the last, like, two minutes of this movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really, I guess, it. yeah, we can pretty much get to that, because we've set up the it's context. It's fucking crazy. Right. It's All fucking right. nuts. Well, we got to set up first that the dog, Tinny, you know, is has patient zero, has been, you know, sick all movie. She's obviously incubating a monster. I know it. Yannick knows it. Everybody knows it. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound like Donald there. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I know it. Yannick knows it. Everyone knows it. Um, 
but the uh, the dog is sick, and he's like about to just murk this dog. They try to euthanize it. Well, yeah. he he try he's about to euthanize it with his rifle shot to the head, and then you know he gets a call on the phone from Tanya, and Tanya's like, "Oh, how's Tinny?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, Tinny's fine." Just like that, amidst all this chaos, <laughs> he's about, oh, to, how's Tinny he's doing? about to fucking Lee Harvey Oswald this dog, and it's <laughs> looking back at him, giving him these puppy dog eyes, and he's like, "I can't do it. I can't do it." You know, so the dog survives until Tanya shows up, and of course, you're thinking, "Oh, big mistake. That dog's gonna hatch by the time she gets there." But no, nope, dog's still prego when Tanya shows up, <laughs> and uh, and they uh, then they give it lethal injection, and it's heartbreaking. Right? It's a sad scene, yeah. for sure. But did you cry? Oh, yeah, I cried. Uh, around the same time, Tanya reveals that she, you know, left the base. She ha- ha- was pregnant. That's kind of why she left Yannick, and she had an abortion. And Yannick is not pleased about that. Apparently, Tanya's not pleased about that either. She's like, oh, that was the worst mistake I ever made. So at the end of the movie... I was just reminded that when the dog got killed, I, I the, the thought occurred to me, I was like, oh, it's like a sci-fi old yeller. Sure. <laughs> Why not? All right. Sorry. Anyways. Make that movie. <laughs> yeah. Then they finally no, it call... Exists. It's this movie. It's like five minutes of this movie. At the end, the survivors call the evac chopper, and it comes, and they're all like, all right, we get away from the station, and everyone lives happily ever after, and then they hear a little whimpering coming from Tinny... Oh my god! And they they go over and they look and there's a little puppy monkey baby in there. The most fucked up little hairless, like mucus covered puppy imaginable. But it's cute as it fuck. It's cute. <laughs> I wanted to save it too. Oh, and I guess you know these Tinny people. Junior. I'm I don't know. I'm pissed off at these people. They decide to just adopt it and put it in their backpack and take it home. There's not even any dialogue. Like they just like implicitly make the decision. Like oh, we're taking it with us. It made total sense to me, even though it's a terrible decision that makes no sense. It made total sense in this in in the context of the characters and what had happened to them. I mean, sure, it's a little soapy and certainly silly a and little? over the top. <laughs> but yeah, a little. But it made total sense to me in the context of those characters terrible decision for the world i felt like that's an example of a part of this movie that's not played for drama or horror i think it was and it just fell completely flat it bordered on parody it was ridiculous what was it played for then comedy shock camp oh i was a hundred percent there i was one million percent there I guess I was yeah, there I too. Wish I had your experience, but I just couldn't take it seriously. Especially these characters—they sh- they should know better, you know. Of course they should. Like I understand why they did it, or why the movie wants us to think that they did it. Like they did enough job of setting up their motivation to do it, but I was like, no, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, no, you definitely can't. And but I thought, did. and there's a part, there's a scene when they're on the helicopter, and they're all looking at each other in the helicopter like Jurassic Park flying out of there, and <laughs> I, they look at each other for a while, and I thought we were going to see the white shot of the helicopter and the bag get thrown out of the helicopter. That would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. Fuck no. They bond, they heal their old wounds, and they throw the baby and out the fucking like, helicopter. they're like, we're going to throw this puppy no. monkey baby. Steven, violence against an animal? I don't know what that thing is. It's an is. abomination. It's an animal, for sure. No, here was my wish with the helicopter when it landed, and I put this in my notes. I said, I hope a mutant Ibex is flying this helicopter. That would be hilarious. I know, right? Now, that would be funny. That that would be hilarious. Yannick's like, 
where are we headed? And the Ibex is like, <laughs> yeah, It's like the interview with the Ibex. Smash cut to black. And it would have been no more jarring than the actual end of the movie, which is just a jump scare with the bird thing. Oh, that was dumb. Flying into the camera, basically. I, I want, because it's a, it's a wide shot of the blood glacier as the helicopter flies off into the sunset. I assume the credits were just going to roll over that. But no, the fucking birdemic bird has to come back and fly into the camera. And I was like, ah, fuck that. I jumped. But well, no, of course it was you cheap. Jump. It was yeah. cheap. It's a roller coaster. And it was especially cheap because that final shot of the blood glacier was pretty spooky. It because was cool. the blood glacier, the original blood glacier that they like found the, the, the OG. The the OG, they found the micro. <laughs> the original <in>. glacier. <laughs> like it receded or the blood was gone. Like they go back to that spot and there's no more blood glacier. Right? And so you're like, oh, maybe this is just a small amount of stuff. And then you see, oh no, the whole glacier's receding and just leaving miles of blood glacier and this is going to be a worldwide problem oh, fuck i did not pick up on that at oh all, and i, I like was like now. that's that's spooky leave me with that image i don't need yeah. to see this shitty cgi whatever yeah, fuck that bird flying into the camera fuck the bird like donkey kong country yeah <laughs> now i want to see a sequel where yannick and tanya are raising tinny jr that's what i want to see it, uh yeah blood glacier 2 bringing up tinny <laughs> they have like an apartment and in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else to spoil in this movie? People die. I was a little confused and disturbed by all the stuff. All the action kind of becomes arbitrary at some point. Like you have yeah. the, the Secret Service agent who gets bit with the mosquito. Oh, the mosquitoes emerging from his neck were horrifying. Right. They he comes into the like safe house shelter and he's like in a bad way. And if you saw Prometheus, you know that he, this is not good to bring him on board. But he comes in, and then the mosquitoes start hatching, and everyone, you know, blood gets in the one girl's eyes. Ugh. These little mosquitoes fly little around. CGI mosquitoes all over the place. Presumably, they're stinging everybody. But then pretty much everyone survives that scene, except for the character who accidentally lit himself on fire. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no one gets killed by the mosquitoes, except, I guess, the girl who was already in a coma. And I was like, I don't understand. It seems like it should have been lights out for all those people. I wrote down that... Falk's death is pretty delightful, but I already forgot what it was. Falk is the guy who betrayed, who with the gun, who's in the cave, who gets be- eaten by the beetle thing in the cave. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't remember why it was delightful. To well, me. it's delightful because he's an Cause asshole. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's 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 uh, it's like the T Rex eating the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. <laughs> really, this movie's the thing until the last twenty minutes. Then it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> pretty much. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> It's really like the hateful eight, and then it becomes the thing. <laughs> well, what else? You guys ready for Blood Glacier 2? Bloodier Glacier? Dude, I already said I'm ready for yeah. Blood Glacier 2, bringing up Tinny. I'm ready for Blood Continent. Blood mm. World. Fallen oh. Kingdom. Mm. All right, aren't we supposed to spin the wheel of death today? Yeah, we're spinning the wheel of death today. So if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. What we're doing is every, I think we're changing the frequency of it, but you know, every handful of episodes, you know, we, we, we do episodes in alphabetical order and then we spin a wheel, a big old wooden wheel, like on Wheel of Fortune. And, uh, one of us will get to pick the next movie from the selection currently available on Netflix. So it's a good chance for us to break out of alphabetical order for a minute and, you know, see something we've been wanting to watch or something that we think will be interesting. So if you guys are ready... I have to pull up my list so I can remind myself of all the bullshit that I'm going to pick if it's mine. I think Patrick gets honors to spin the wheel, right? Because he won last time. So we'll uh, we'll bring it in here. And uh, Patrick, 
give her give her a spin. Give her a good one. Oh, she's going. She's going. Don't miss it, Steve. I'm watching. Uh, oh, it's fuck me. me again. Fuck. It's God, Patrick yeah. again. Uh, so I'm going to go with Train to Busan. Ooh. Oh, I'm down. The Train to Busan. I've heard good things. A little Korean action. Mm-hmm. Zombies on a train. No, are we I sure know. that's still on Netflix? I checked earlier today. Yep. Okay, yes. great. Perfect. Because there was something else that was on my list that is not on there anymore. So our international Zoobies, journey will continue. Yep. We have a little layover in South Korea on the way back. Hell yeah. Fantastic. And then we're back Great to America pick. with Boys in the Trees. Boys that, in right? the Trees. Yeah, which sounds really interesting. Yep. Cuba Gooding Jr. What? Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> get the fuck out, Chris. <laughs> I don't even get it. He's he's making a Boys in the Hood joke. Oh, okay. So it's Boys, B-O-Y-Z, in the trees. In the trees. T-R-E-E-Z. Z. Can't wait. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us again in two weeks when we watch Train to Busan. All aboard. <laughs> All right. Until then, you can always find us online, every horror movie on Netflix.com, Facebook, Twitter, all that shit. Troll us. We'll troll you back. You know the drill. Until next time, though, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>